The mayors in black want you to know that we think black lives matter. People of color matter. LGBTIQA plus lives matter. People with disabilities matter. We think all populations that have been systemically oppressed matter. We hear you. We see you. We know we benefit from these systems and we want to be better allies. This episode of Mares in Black is sponsored by Ann Field and Field of Dolls. Join Ann for a live sale on July 5th, featuring an array of her wonderful dolls and more. Go to Field of Dolls on Facebook for more details. Hey everybody, welcome to the Mares in Black podcast. This is show 43. This is a Model Horse Newscast for the third uh, week of June, spotlighting uh, copyright and artist rights in the hobby. We will be joined later by Sarah Mikevich Brynick to talk about that. And please say hello to my beautiful co-host, Jackie. Hi, everybody. I hope you guys appreciated the diversity statement. We're going to leave that at the beginning of the podcast for this foreseeable future to remind everybody to be respectful and inclusive and understanding of people that may not be exactly like you. How you doing, Heather? I'm all right. I mean, it's it's still the Groundhog Day thing. I keep thinking, you know, we're going somewhere and we're not. And you're supposed to be here this weekend for my birthday and you're not going to be here. And I'm so sad. I am too. Even though you'd probably be over at the freaking where we had Briar West, because that's where Festival oh, was going to be. Spouse, spouse would have been over there for sure. Well, actually, we were going to go to uh, Festival, but we were not going to be like hanging out with the Hoi Polloi. Right, you were going to be a guest of somebody, right? We, I think, if I understand it correctly. <laughs> Here we go. No, hole, people. because because they um because they they had tried to work out some deal to be like the official podcast. Um, no, they of, did because I was in on that conversation. Yeah, but I don't think they actually. I don't think an agreement was actually no because struck. they wouldn't concept they they yeah. wouldn't um compensate them properly. Yeah. So so Dave was like, "Well, we'll just hang out with Bermuda," and I'm like, "Okay." <laughs> Yeah, free place to stay. We can hang out with Bermuda. That's a that's big deal. Hang out with Bermuda, and just in case Bermuda is is Weird Al's drummer, who is like a personal friend of Dave's. Right. It's it's an interesting situation. That would have been fun, actually. Bermuda's a riot. It would have been fun. He's 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 quite fun. He's he's very snarky. He's hilarious. Oh, he's so snarky. Because of that he's so snarky. But yeah, every once in a while he he swings in on one of my Facebook posts, and it like I never know what is going to set him off to to say something on something I post, but every once in a while he swings in, drops a bad pun and leaves. He's all over Amanda Deer's stuff all the time. It's really funny. Oh, well they, they are, they are like good buddies. Yeah. From, Way back. Like, I think Dave, Dave met Bermuda through Amanda, yeah. I think. And that's okay. Amanda's a horse girl. She's one of us. Yes. One of us. Yes. One yes. Of us. Uh, we want to thank everybody for the shout outs and the compliments to the show. Uh, we want to thank people for listening to a, the diversity show, which is huge. Mm. It just ended seven day run. It's one of our biggest shows. Um, it gives us a lot of faith in the hobby and, and, um, that people are interested in this subject matter and want to learn and grow. Um, there was also the custom short bonus episode has been really successful. We, and the artists who were mentioned, um, have given us a bunch of shout outs. 
and mm-hmm. gotten a, driven some like uh, a lot of new members to our Instagram page. So we appreciate that nice. as well. Nice. There's been a ton of really great private feedback. A lot of it's very touching, but private. So we can't mm-hmm. share it. But but needless to say, you know, some very important stories were told to us and, and what the episode yeah. meant to people. So um, yeah. so it's I, gratifying. Like, you know, it it's, it's nice to use your platform. We don't have a huge platform, um, but what we can do is use it to our best advantage. Yes. Yeah, we have, we have voices, might as well use right. them. Yeah. 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 So, uh, countries. No new countries. So you're still pushing for Iceland, and you said Denmark, and we did not have Denmark I don't before know. the great data it's dump. Been, of- yeah, it's been so long since we switched plans mm-hmm. with our syndicator that if we did have Denmark, they haven't listened for at least a year and a half. Hmm. So, um... I feel like Denmark's right there in the mix, so I don't know why we don't have Denmark. Are there not hobbyists in Denmark? It's right by the Netherlands. I want to say there are. In Germany. We have a ton of hobbyists in Germany. I don't know. So, I don't know. So, I guess we're advocating (laughs) again. You know. Denmark's north of Germany. So, Matt, get on your bike (laughs) and go to Denmark. Just cross the border. Cross the border. I know you listen to the show, buddy. That's right. Download one episode. (laughs) <laughs> that he is the listener that cracks me he, up the most. I know. He just he likes listening to us. He thinks we're amusing. So just so you know, Matt Matt's not into model horses. Matt didn't all. even know about model horses until we met, but he we met through the Nevers cast <laughs> and he messaged me out of nowhere and was like, Hey, let's collaborate. And I was like, Sure. Really? Okay. <laughs> so so now I'm, I'm going to his show. And he's still listening to my show, which I think is so hilarious. Like I thought he just likes to listen to he, he likes he to loves, listen to people who are excited about their subject yeah, matter. He loves to listen to people. We talk. qualify. It's so funny. Yeah. The whole thing is hilarious to me. Like I know it's just it's, it's funny to me that he does that. I'm like, who are you? Right, he told me he was like, like ten episodes behind last time I talked to him, and I was like, you go, baby. Holy cow! Really? He's gonna catch that up. Is a soon. lot. That is a lot of model horse content for someone who is not into model horses. <laughs> I don't know. Like, like think about that. Like, my husband has not listened to 30 seconds of this show, I guarantee you. I've listened to one of his shows. That's it. Yeah. Like, the yeah, first I listened, one. I listened for a while. <laughs> um, I, listen, I listen when I'm a guest. Well, Josh, I don't know if Josh would listen or not if he wasn't the editor, but he's kind of forced to. <laughs> That's true. My mother-in-law tried to listen to this show. She, was, she found it a little intense. So my work wife has a best friend that she did all of her uh-huh. exchange student stuff in France and England with. Like, Yeah. And she listened to one of them and she was like, well, I don't know what in the hell you guys are talking about, but you're surely enthusiastic about it. <laughs> like, sweet. <laughs> okay. Awesome. Good. Like, what are they talking about? I don't know, but they, they're having a good time, clearly. Uh, so anyway. Uh, okay. So, so this show, we're going to talk about copyright and artist rights and courtesy and how they pertain to the hobby. And this is a, a, a subject that I feel it comes up a lot. It does. Because people keep, in all kinds keep of doing new and different ways. Doing untoward things, if you will. Yes. Um, And I think um, there's, in some cases, there's just not a basic understanding of... Oh, yeah, I would agree. Uh, the laws, copyright itself, 
Vera writes, mm-hmm. um, and cur- artist courtesy, which is yes. a whole other bar part where stuff might not actually be illegal or infringement, but it's just kind of a dick move to not pay attention to it. So yeah, absolutely. We also have the next episode um, in work, Collectability, which mm-hmm. features Stone Collectability and an interview with Chunk Watts and Chesna Wirtz. And mm-hmm. that was such a fun interview. They interviewed, we interviewed him in a car. <laughs> where yeah, it was you interviewed pouring was rain. And oh, they wow. were so fun. They were super fun. Oh, it's good. a great interview. So Excellent. So with that, we will take a break and be back with the news. Yeah. Hey, everybody, and we're back. We're back with the news. 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 Uh, to start off with, we always start off with Mares and Black news. Um, we have the uh, milestone giveaway for Show 40, the winner announcement. We were supposed to do that last week, and we didn't, mm. so we're doing it this week. So expect okay. that soon. Um, I will grab everybody off all the social media yeah. channels Pick and throw person. them in a hat with no cat. And I'll announce it on, um, not on the next show, but on all of our channels that you posted on. So there we go. Pay attention. Yeah. Uh, we're starting up the Patreon after Briarfest because yes. we still have a bunch of <laughs> Briarfest work to do. Yes, we do. We are, yes. we are slacking and it's terrible. We need to set up a meeting for that. <laughs> yeah. We need to get our ducks in a <laughs> yes. row. But but I know the agenda on that meeting, so it'll be fine. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> inside joke there. That's an inside joke. <laughs> and uh, we'll also be dealing with the youth position. I believe a full year after we initially yeah. announced I mean, the youth position. Now all uh, right. the youths that probably want to pursue it are too old. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. We'll anyway, see. yes, we we want yeah. to do that. Um, it, during Briarfest or after, but yep. rest assured it's coming. It's coming. For real. For real. For real, real. For real. For real, for real. Uh, NAMSA doesn't have any news. They um, uh still looking for a PR person, I think. And I think the mm-hmm. latest Merits Awards went out. They're pretty quiet right yeah. now. Yeah. Well, they got nothing. Well, to do Member Show of the Year is going to come up during... um. During Briarfest, probably, and the mm-hmm. uh, the changing of the the presidents, the and guard, all that. Yeah. yeah. So, on to Briar, on to Briar. Briar always has a bunch of stuff. They do. They're busy. They're busy. Uh, so they shared a uh, Christian Beverly's diversity blog on uh, their their page and all their social media channels, yes. which was really cool. I thought that was amazing. Them. Yes. Yeah. I was worried Briar wasn't going to say anything. And I actually thought this was a really classy way to support diversity in the hobby is to Mm -hmm. actually feature the voice of of a hobbyist, a minority hobbyist, a person of color. Right. So excellent work. So, yeah, I mean, I didn't expect Briar to to make some big flag waving diversity statement. Um, But I think this was really effective. Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of expected them to do Kind of. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I thought they would they would pretty much be quiet. So this is yeah. this is really good. So yay, baby steps, baby, baby steps. steps. Uh, uh, go ahead. So uh, ticket reminder. Oh, uh, they sell. They still have some tickets to sell. That's what they I said. Um, uh, tw- but they yeah. they stop on the 29th. So if you're gonna do it, oh, do so it soon. You got a week. Yep. Oh my gosh. 
they have also done a Celtic Fling promo video um, to talk about mm-hmm. tickets still being available and show some of the people that are going to be featured. Um, we have a link to that on the blog. Sweet. Uh, you know, Irish dancers and some of the the clinics and some of the horses and all that kind of stuff. So good times. Yeah. And um, Kimber Goodwin is going to be the on-air host for Virtual Briarfest. Yes. So they have actually hired an MC. Um, she has lots of experience nice. with equestrian events. And she looks, um, this is a link to her Facebook page that she looks super jazzed about. There's also um, a link on uh, Briar's Instagram talking about it. Um, so it's it's going to be, I'm not sure how it's all, all going to work. I can't picture it in my head about how an announcer is going to work, but but I can't see them not having multiple channels, but I guess there'll be a main Briarfest channel that she'll be narrating. I guess. So, yeah, I don't know. So we'll see how that goes. We'll see. I'm, I'm, I'm interested. I'm very excited about this, this coming thing. Mm-hmm. Very excited. It's going to be good. Throwback Thursday. Oh. Briar, Throwback Thursday. Briar Porcelain. Oh, yeah. So Briar, uh, Briar, uh, when the China thing started going crazy in the nineties, uh, like early nineties, early nineties with poor horse pottery and some other stuff mm. started their own. What? Actually, I said Briar was before poor horse pottery. Was it? I remember. Oh yeah. Um, cause I got my first Briar porcelain before I went to vet school and Saucy, who was the poor horse, the first poor horse. Well, okay. So originally, poor horse was doing some stuff for Renaissance festivals, if I remember correctly. Right, they were doing medallions. Um, right. Um, but their first horse was Saucy, and that was like the back half of vet school for me. Mm-hmm. So that was like ninety. So I think 95. poor horse was probably in work because I know that Joni got with the people at Hagen Rinnaker and learned how to glaze mm-hmm. and cast and and mold and all yeah. that kind of stuff. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you're probably right that that predates it. Uh, Briar porcelain, I don't think is true China though, right? It's cold cast. No, it's cold. It's cold cast, and they're and those these horses are fragile. They're heavy, they're heavy and they're fragile, and I I want to say they're they're metal or something underneath them, or I don't know, but um, they're very very heavy. They're they're book they're doorstops if they, if they were right. And I have one. I have uh, 1991. They released uh, a couple through like a special run holiday models, mm-hmm. and they were about a hundred bucks a piece. I've I've, th- I've told this story on this podcast. Have before. you? I have. But uh, Christmas of 1991, um, I was dating this guy. Oh and yeah. We were looking through the, the Christmas catalog, and I saw Spotted Bear, which was the San Domingo. Right. And I was like, oh, that's so cool. And it was a hundred bucks. And in 1991, a hundred bucks for a briar sure. horse was bananas money. <laughs> and I was like, bananas money. oh no, that's not going to happen. And guess what I got for Christmas? Bananas money horse. And bananas money. And even better. It was like the second or third one that he ordered because he knew enough to check to see if they were broken nice and at least the first one that he got was broken and he made them take it back and get him another one and i still have that horse <laughs> i had Guys, uh, guy is long 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 gone because unfortunately that was his shining moment as yeah. a boyfriend it went no, downhill from yeah. there <laughs> i had the only cold cast i had was the um 
oh, what was its name? Silver, whatever. And it kind of was like a forerunner to Carrick. It was either a Sifton or Kitty sculpt. Oh, it was the head up thoroughbred that was dapple gray. Yeah. What the heck was that horse's name? <sighs> Can't remember, but he broke into a million pieces at one point and yeah. I was bummed because he was such a cool sculpture. It seems yeah. like the China was able to, uh, or the cold cast porcelain was able to um, hold the integrity of a sculpt a lot better than um, the plastic molding. And, and yes, he was really cool really looking. Sharp. He was really cool looking, but he yeah. was just so fragile. Yeah. The and paint on heavy. mine is starting to flake. The paint on mine is starting to flake I'm, I'm not surprised by that. Yeah, I'm not either, but it's a, it's a bummer. Because um, he's a cool horse. Yeah, it's really cool mold. Yeah. Um, and then they did also do uh, like a fine porcelain horses, which are more, they're lighter. Like this, the the evolution of the horse series with the Shire and the Barb. And the, the Shire and, and the Barb are still some of my favorites. Oh, I have a Shire. I love it. And And the Barb is really cool. Yeah, the Barb is really cool too. Those are both so, Kathleen, right? All three of them are Kathleen, huh. yeah. Kathleen Moody. Yes. Briarfest Trivia oh. Week 3. Oh, my All right, gosh. I'll do the questions this week. You do the answers. Oh, no. No, you, the answers are right there. Yeah, it's not loading up, Pam. <laughs> oh. Oh. Is that it? Okay, yes, here it is. All right. Oh, these are long. Jesus. This year's Virtual Briarfest workshops are open to all three-day ticket holders all weekend long and cover many aspects of the model horse hobby, from model repair mm -hmm. to model horse showing. Can you name the six Celtic-inspired workshops that were originally on the 2020 schedule, which has been rolled over to our 2021 Briarfest in its entirety? Ooh, that I didn't know that. That's cool. So what's the answer? Well, it's, it's the Celtic Bridal, Creating Creatures of Myth, Celtic ribbon brow bands, dress a Celtic fairy horse, Celtic breast collars, and Celtic fling board and brush. Woo! Nice. The Thursday activities at the Clarion are the unofficial start of Briarfest weekend. These activities grow in popularity every year. When we added Thursday night swap meet to accommodate the increased interest, we relocated, relocated the breakable live show to a new larger venue. Can you name the space at the Clarion where Breakables was relocated to? I actually know this. That was the paddock room. Yes. That would have been a cool room. I'm looking forward to that next year. Yeah. And that's back where the arcade used to be. Yes, it's a new space. Yeah. yeah. The Knights of Valor were so excited to be performing live in the covered arena for guests. And so were we. Wink, wink. <laughs> as well as tour guests through the incredible arms and armor display, which included a trebuchet. Do you remember the last year the Knights of Valor came to Briarfest? That was 2014. God, was it that long ago? Apparently. Thirst makes you lose your mind. I know. <laughs> Benelli is a stunning blue roan and is part of Hawks Ranch Hits Clydesdale team and is owned by Cheryl and Tony Hawks. What color is the cart he pulls? Purple. Oh, your favorite. My favorite. Uh, Fesh, which looks like Fice, but pronounced uh. Fesh, is a traditional Gaelic arts and culture festival that almost uh, commonly includes Irish dance competitions. We've named this year's Celtic Fling, Celtic Fling Diorama Contest model after this event. Who sculpted this mold? This was a Jeannie Mellon Herrick. Wow. Yeah. 
blast from the past. I know. She also did uh, John Henry, I believe. And uh, the Morgan. What, the Morgan? Oh, we, yeah. Yeah. The, uh, Sherman Morgan. Sherman Morgan. Mm. So who's the winner? Uh, who's oh, I just closed the page, so I don't know. Hang on. I think it was. <laughs> I think it was Stormy. It said was Stormy it? M. From California. Hang on. Hang on, it's taking forever to load. I'm sorry, I closed it prematurely because I got excited. Premature closing. Look at. I was you. thinking. Was thinking about the Knights of Valor. <laughs> R-rated. And if you'd and if you'd seen R-rated. them, you'd understand why. Uh Rachel A of Falmouth. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Congratulations, Rachel. Yeah. All right. I think Stormy won last week then. We haven't covered oh, two, but it said Stormy M, so I think that's Stormy Morale. Oh, maybe. Maybe. From Long Beach, right? That's where she Yeah, from. I don't know. No, I wasn't paying attention. Huh? Was paying Fine. Attention. All right. <laughs> moving Sorry. on. Moving on to Stone. So, moving on to Stone. Oh, Stone. Stone had a big sale last week. Um, it was advertised pretty heavily. Uh, very patriotic, patriotic colors. Um, and unfortunately, the sh- the sale fell on Juneteenth. Um, mm-hmm. And during a lot of the tensions um, with the protesters and Black Lives Matter, and um, I, uh, many members of this hobby took that to be a dog whistle. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know how to put this. I I know Stone tends to be conservative leaning, and um, they're mm-hmm. very proud of their models that are made and painted in the United States. Um, yep. And it could be um, that it was purely accidental that it came out the way it did. Um, right. They did end up pulling the sale and apologizing. Um, but I, I think this is a lesson in advertising that you, right. you need to be really careful to not alienate. I mean, there's always going to be, you know, stupid holes you can step into. But right. Uh, and I truly don't believe they knew it was Juneteenth. But I think um, I think the red, white and blue sale was probably a little strident and probably ill-advised for what was going on at the time, mm-hmm. uh, whether it was a dog whistle or not. So, I mean, I think this is a, I, I think this is a, a teachable moment, especially in light of our last podcast. Sure, absolutely. That's why we're talking where, about it. That's why we're talking about it. Where, you know, it's easy to just blunder along and do something without thinking and not being aware and i think that when you get called you know called out or checked on something like that you then have to kind of step back and think about you know what happened how you feel about you know what your reaction to being checked is (laughs) sure that's important too um you know and then you know genuinely apologize so that you know everybody can heal and start to get beyond things and, and learn and how to be better. And this is kind of one of the, you know, like, this is kind of like, you know, what we're talking about at the front of the show, you know? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, if you juxtaposition that with Breyer, who hasn't said much, but at least right. shared Christian Beverly's blog. Right. Um, was 
you know, and, and of course they weren't, you know, advertising red, white, and blue stuff, but that's right. still Stone's kind of MO anyway. So, I mean, yeah. I feel like... I mean, like, I get that that's their thing, but... I feel like at worst case scenario, it was kind of a little bit of a, hey, you know, these, these politics aren't ours. Best yeah. case scenario, it was just, this is how we always advertise and we weren't thinking, right? Yeah. They did... Yeah somewhat apologize and pull the sale and rename it, but they named it the sale sale. And that sounded just disingenuous to me. And I am yeah. all for stone. You know, they've been making a comeback and, and their qualities improved and their, their, uh, their relationships with their customers improved. And, you know, they've got, some, uh, you know, new sculptures and, and I feel like they're on the comeback trail. So a setback like this, especially with your younger hobbyists, is not smart. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. So, so I mean, I, I just hope that they learn from it. Right? Nobody, I, I know, hope so, too. And, and if it's an honest... It, we can learn from it, too. Yeah. Well, everybody can. I mean, that's yeah. just... That's like something textbook and marketing. Like, you would talk about, so why was this a bad idea on in hindsight? Yeah. Right? So, right. So, yeah. Yeah, and going forward, we don't do it. Not that they shouldn't yeah, we, use the American flag, because well, no, this is but America. Think about, but, you know. Right. But, you know. But in context. Think about how think about how you use <laughs> what it. What is it? Timing is everything? Positioning, positioning is everything. Positioning is everything. But it could be position and time as well. Well, positioning, I think, yeah. Yeah. is time. Positioning is everything. Uh, Copper Fox doesn't have anything new. We have some news on them as far as new releases. Uh, yeah. Road to Briar Fest photo show. Doo, 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 doo. Rachel Alford, who uh, runs Road to Briar Fest, is going to be with us for our Briar Fest show. We're super excited about that. Um, they are having oh, yeah. a photo show that's taking entries until uh, July 10th. Mm -hmm. So mosey on over there and figure out what's the name of it? Uh, I thought it was just the Road to Briar Fest. Is it photo show? The RTB photo show. All right, up and running till July tenth. Sweet. Complete rules on the main page as well as the class list. Uh, Artists Unlocked uh, is got some more podcasts. One uh, number two is with Ann Field, uh, a field of dolls, and number mm -hmm. three is Horse Haven Studio, uh, and they are. Uh, discussing their methods and processes. What are you laughing about? This picture of Emily Martin. She looks so excited. She does. She looks so happy. <laughs> She's so cute. I can't stand She's it. She's so cute. I just want to put her in my pocket. Aw. Uh, yeah. So I, 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 this will probably, episode four will probably be out before this comes out. So you need to check these out because they're really good. I've yeah. listened to the first two and they're really good. Yeah, I got to listen. Uh, what else have we got? Um, we have a trailer for episode seven of Necrosis. Yes. So we haven't been keeping up with poor Megan Mixon, who was one of our youth show people, uh, interviews. And she's, she's so fantastically talented and intelligent. And, um, she has been, you know, gotten back into for quite a while now doing, um, her model horse videos and helping out mm -hmm. on, um, other model horse videos. So I would, I, you know, encourage you to check Necrosis out because it's really great. <laughs> the next one's sorry, so my, great. my Adobe is trying to get me to log into something here. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> so next up, oh, I have not seen. It's so funny. Regret this. 
So if anyone's heard Seven Rings by Ariana Grande, there is now a parody called Seven Hooves. Oh my God, I love song parody. I'm saving this for later. Oh, it's so funny. Okay, I gotta listen to that. Yeah, so link on the blog. I don't want to spoil anything, so check it out. Okay. Nice. Um, and then finally, sad note, uh, Emma Harrison of Park Lane Tech has passed away. Yes. Um, so Park, so a lot of you probably don't know Emma because she's kind of been off the scene for a while. Oh, she was, but, she was um, run off. She made amazing, amazing stuff in like, like late 90s, early 2000s-ish. I have a Park Lane saddle that is like the gem of my tack hoard. Emma like, uh, was a fantastically nice person that couldn't handle mm-hmm. the, uh, the harpies in the hobby. Um, yeah. And she made, I had a side saddle set by her that was the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. It was so delicate. And it was, now don't get me wrong, it was a total pain in the ass to put on the horse, but it was gorgeous. Like Russian mm-hmm. tack maker gorgeous. She was yeah, ahead of I her mean, time. Way ahead of her time. Um she was a lovely person. She was from the UK and I, she was a pioneer for tack making yeah. and she will be missed. Yeah, for sure. I, I, and it, too few people know who she is. Yeah. What do you have by her? I have an English saddle. Like it, it's not even a set. It doesn't have a bridle. Um, I don't even think it had a girth when I bought it. She was so but good. It's beautiful, soft, yeah. It goes on special horses. I had a personal relationship with her. Like we would talk through email mm-hmm. quite a bit. Um, this is for, well, there may have been Yahoo Messenger, but that's not how we conversed. And I remember her telling me she was quitting the hobby and I tried to talk yeah. her out of it and she wouldn't. She was like, I don't operate this way. And I was like, don't take commissions anymore. Just sell. And she yeah. was like, I'm too turned off by everything. And that was it. She was gone. Yeah. I can understand that though. Yeah. No, oh, I mean, completely. That's Especially why, at the time. It was even worse, uh, I think. Well, you know, around that time, I think um, there were several artists that came into the hobby that were super talented and burned out because of the pressure and the rudeness mm-hmm. of some entitled hobbyists. Um, Kim Nauman was one. She was a mm. rude, she painted. And she was so exciting. And I don't even think she lasted two years to where she yeah. could put up with it. So I don't know if things have changed. I kind of doubt it. Yeah. Um, but it's it's sad, but the people that have Emma Harrison tack that I've found that have Park Lane tack know what they have. They're like, oh, I yeah. never saw this. I will be buried with oh, this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> nope, that's going, that's getting in the, you know. Right. The, fi- the big final sale. <laughs> the big final sale in the sky. The big, the big final sale that goes to, you know, the trust fund for my cats. <laughs> and your husband's. <laughs> my husband. Q Pink Floyd. Uh, all right, we'll be right back with new releases. You're listening to the Mares in Black podcast. We're back with new releases. Woo! I feel like singing tonight. I don't know why. Oh, me too. <laughs> probably the tequila. It's probably the rosé. Probably the cheers. Probably the tequila. Um, OF plastic. Briar. 
Briar. Briar. Okay. Uh, Stablemate uh, Club Chroma. I still have to buy my... Dope. So oh, dope. dope. So love freaking it. freaking pretty. I can't. It's so pretty. So pretty. So this is the decorator, and it's like clearware, and it's all different colors. Oh, it's so iridescent. It's nuts. Uh-huh. It is the... I think this was an ornament horse first by Summer Prosser? Yeah, this is Taskin. Taskin. That's right. Yes. Love him. Lovely. Beautiful. Would you like to talk about the test run, Jackie? I would like to talk. Would about you the like test run. to know more, audience? <laughs> they don't actually get I, an option because I, I need to watch Starship Troopers again. Would you like to know more? <laughs> oh, I gotta watch that movie. That's a movie I've started like four times. You've never seen the interrupt. whole thing. No, I get interrupted and I don't get back to oh it. Oh my god! It's not it's, the, like it's, Steve is not going to watch a giant bug movie. I'm sorry. It's paper thin, but it's awesome. Yeah, that's what I've heard. That's like it's like parody stuff too, right? There's like, some parody, satire. but it's no, no, it's it's not like Starship or it's not like um, Galaxy, Galaxy Quest. Quest. It's supposed to be serious, but yeah. it's that the the cheese underlying it is intentional. Good, I like it. That's I like so it's cheese. so much fun. Neil Patrick Harris and that is a treasure. Oh, there you go. He's a treasure everywhere. <laughs> it's true. Anyway, about this special run. Rabbit hole. Um, so this is a ruffian. Yes. And it's a very um, speckly, varnishy roan, Appaloosa. Um, it's kind of, a, it's a little bit of a more detailed kind of paint job than some of the ones yeah, we've had come yeah. out. Yeah, I'm wondering if it's thought, recent. It's a little, uh, it's a little more um, recent well, it's a newer. It's a newer body. It is a newer body. You know, for sure. Um, um, but I, yeah, it's, it's, it I, was a thousand dollar test run as opposed to an $800 test yeah, run Yeah, because it's, it. it's friggin' nice. Cause um, it's, yeah, it's much nicer. I mean, it's got paint, it's like a detail painted eyes. I'm not sure, uh, it, I don't remember seeing this appear on anything. Yeah, I don't, yeah, so I'm not sure what they were, what they were testing or, or what they're, you know, what, why this say, horse exists. I just hate the long hoof on the leg that's in the peg. Bugs, yeah, bugs I, I, could, I agree. To death, but because the other feet, three feet, look like they match, and that right. one does not. And I know that's probably something they had to do to stabilize it, but it just makes me crazy. Right. Yeah, because probably there's a there's a metal rod in there. Well, there's uh, from the ones I have, there's like a just a metal. Yeah, there's metal rod and shank. It goes into the. But I th- I think I think in order to hide that metal rod, you had to make that hoof different. Fair. That's. That's what happens when you got the OFs, peeps. Uh, Josiah is the Collector's Club newest release. This is yeah. the Old School Belgian by Chris Hess and Wedgwood mm-hmm. uh, Tobiano. And he's cool. It, that's not Tobiano. Is it? That's Tobiano. Well, I don't know. It crosses the belly. No, I think that's an Overo pattern. Do you? I do. Now it's going to drive me crazy. Well, you may be right with the white legs, and I, yeah, yeah, you're right. The bubbly um, was th- the bubbly of it was yeah, the bubbly butt. So I have one of these uh, still in its box in my living room because it arrived the other day, and I haven't had a chance to open them. I love how they get the pink right, the shell pink. Yeah, just this is it. a very nicely done. I wish it was Nouveau glossy. decorator. Oh, stop! I am not. I I don't think I'm being 
outrageous here. It should be I don't either. I do. I think it's a great idea. It's just oh. I guess the Wedgwoods were never glossy, right? Yeah. Say so the decorators were not glossy because they were decorators, but gloss would be nice. <laughs> like, well, the the wed the decorators were glossy. It's just the Wedgwoods that weren't glossy, right? I have a gold charm sitting here in front of me. It is not glossy. Let's see it. Put it up. Put it up. It's metallic. It's it shiny. Glossy. It's freaking blinding me. Because it's metallic. Is that the one Jody gave you? Yes. Yeah, it's awesome. I have her baby too. Yay, baby. Like glossy era briars from, from this time are not. I've got newer newer glossies here and they're not. This one's not well, because all my shires that are supposed to be like the vintage, mm -hmm. the, all of them are glossy except for the Wedgwood. I think. Oh, really? That's interesting. I think. Actually, I'll have to go back and look. Yeah, I I'll have know. to go look. But yeah, decorative I, or not. I can't. You know what? My mind used to be a steel trap about like what was produced and what were their names and what years they came out. And now I'm just like. Because there were only 50 of them and they were the same year to year. It was easy to remember <laughs> that crap. Now it's like, I don't even know. Is that uh, a prior horse? Well, I don't even I know. Agree. I, I think part of it is that there's more, but I know. I know the younger set that can rattle it off, right? Or right. people that are well, really I'm into OF collectability, like Aaron, she can rattle mm -hmm. that shit off too. I, I like, yeah. I've lost interest in it for a certain, like, yeah. Okay. I get it. It's okay. Also, we're old. We are old. Probably. I am, I am getting cells. older on Saturday. Oh, Heather. I think I'm going to have a cocktail, a zoom cocktail party. Okay. I will be, I'll be around. Cool. I'm off this weekend. Um, no, uh, nothing new from Stone. Stone had, um, had best offers this week, but I do not know if that's still going to be active. It's all Cheryl Leisure okay. stuff. Um, mm. if it is, check it out. Okay. Super. Copper Fox. Copper Fox has, um, the resin version of Winston, who is the, uh, Kelly Sealer draft. Kelly. Oh my goodness. Kelly Sealy draft horse. Yes. Um, and he is being uh, restored, she said. And he'll be available in resin, traditional, and copper in traditional and copper cub scales. Uh, Kelly has restored him. She showed mm -hmm. pictures of him today and said that uh, he's been 3D printed, so he's about ready to Sweet. go. Excellent. By uh, Sydney, I don't know how to say her last name. I want to say Leakity or Litchy, or I'm not sure. Tell us how to say her name, no, Sydney. I, yeah, because we don't know. We don't know. Uh, All right. So new artist edition. This is kind of a shout out to Sarah because Sarah agreed to do the show. She's had a yes. lot of new releases. Oh my gosh! I feel like every day, every day she's she's been every super day. industrial. So the first release is her uh, her Arab mares. Those mm -hmm. are uh, a re reimagining of some sculptures, medallion sculptures she did earlier. And yeah. she's changed up the 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 art around them and kind of tuned them up and re-released them, so that it's called the Mayor Trio. Mm hmm. And um, I know one is flirtatious. I don't remember what the other two. Oh, are. I have no idea what their names are. Yeah. Um, she's also got blue beads, which is uh this kind of it's a front front body. Yeah. Like profile. Yeah, front. profile like running at you. 
Arab mirror with uh, beads all around her neck. Yes. They're kind of flying to the side. She's cool. And then there's a, the call, uh, mm-hmm. who is also a full body medallion, but it's kind of from the back with the head turned and the tail. Yeah. Uh, and that's uh, that's out there already because I've seen people working on it. We're going to talk about yeah. one later. Uh, then there's Fizzgig, who is a Fizzgig. companion to Peanut. Oh. It's a little drafty, leaping uh, companion mm-hmm. for Peanut to be bucking around in the pasture with. Nice. And then finally, we the mink mystery box uh, sculptures. I'm gonna this die. This cracks me. This cracks I'm gonna me die up. if I don't get. There's a, three of them. If I don't Fergus, get, Shadowlark, and Whippoorwill. I'm gonna die if I don't get Fergus. He's so amazing. And the deal is, you 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 buy one or more boxes, and you don't know what you get. Right. <laughs> Which cracks me up. I think that's hilarious. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. Um. Mm. So Fergus, uh, for who of you don't know, Fergus is little drafter with his mane and tail blowing around, and he's he's so cute, and his head is turned back, and like I always say, I'm a sucker for a head turned horse. Mm-hmm. Uh, Whippoorwill uh, is uh, kind of stepping backwards with its uh, its head super tucked, like I uh, it's either shying away from shying away from something but you can almost picture a kid back there you know just tugging on its head trying to get it to back up and like first, like, ah, first year child. lessons yeah um uh, is a dartmoor pony stallion and then Shadowlark is a welsh section section c which is doing the leapy thing that is kind of a signature of sarah back on its mm-hmm. hind legs with the you know one leg off the ground and one leg touching kind of um, like croy Kind of like Croy, kind of like uh, D'Artagnan, yeah. Goblin, yeah. So, yeah, so the mystery box is a great idea, except I am terrified I will not get a Fergus. Because <laughs> I need several. Oh, dear. Um, Sarah, Sarah's been so prolific, and it's really just good to see her back to work. Oh, and, yeah. You know, absolutely. all of these things are coming out now. Like, we saw her sculpting all this stuff forever and was like, when are we going to get it? So now. Then vaporware, here no. It oh, here it is. Here, here it, it all is. Stand back. Uh, Painted sculptures? Painted sculptures. First, first up, um, is this is the model's name creation? No. No, it's the studio name is Creations by Candace. Okay. And it's I got Soraya painted Soraya. by Candace. <laughs> okay. So okay, so it says Creation by Candace Soraya. And I'm like, Candace Soraya? What? Sorry. Oh, no. probably, okay. Like That's when right. I'm when I'm doing the show flow, I get super shorthand about stuff. I apologize. Yeah, yeah well, I, I understand how to read it now. But anyway, um <laughs> it's a very pretty bay. Nice red coppery bay yes. with uh, uh, the galustra plume tail. I Yeah, I'm not sure we've featured Creations by Canis before, but this Soraya is so pretty. Yeah. Um, nice shading. Um, just, you know, one to, one to watch this artist. This is a really great job. Yeah. I really like her tail, actually. It's yes, really the tail's really pretty. The, her pink nice. is right. I love it when yep. artists get the her pink face right. is The face on this horse is beautiful. Yes. Mm. Nice. Mini Berg. Oh, Mini Berg. Studios. I have not heard of now? this resin. This is a Rosemont resin. And this is a this. super contrasty dapple gray. Like yeah. young, young, young dapple gray. 
yeah this is it uh, and this close-up of these dapples is uh, it's, wow it's a wow. thing to behold uh yeah. the sculptor uh of rosemont is Alyssa falmer uh, mm-hmm. i do not know i've never heard that name before so we will have to see but it's interesting it sort of looks like her sculpture Mm-hmm. with the head down bucking but this is oh the grasshopper uh yeah much more pronounced so yeah this looks like it's gonna be beautiful oh yeah available mm. upon completion she says so this i don't even know if that's Briarfest horse i don't know might not but be super cool yeah beauty uh custom land custom land custom land so i'm looking at four different horses Lori Larson by, by has Lori been Larson. on my radar for a little while. I think we talked oh, about it. Oh, I've late. seen this Yasmin. Yes. And we've been, I, I think I talked about Allegro she did. Um, mm-hmm. she, she's a comer to me. She's she's really doing some excellent paint work. Uh, so we have an Etikis, a Duende, uh, a Yasmin, and a Giselle that she's been working on. Um, three are Bay. One of them's Bay. Not sure what's going on with Pinto. Not sure that that's referenced, but uh, mm-hmm. and there's a chestnut Yasmin and that her, chestnut Yasmin, yeah, is, it's mm-hmm. gorgeous. And she says that's sold already, but she's really one to watch. I think her paint jobs yeah. are incredibly vibrant, and her detail is really good. Um, it, you could just look at this picture, which is uh, a collage of the four horses she's working on, and it's really impressive. Yeah, very nice. Hmm. And Julie Ward. Oh, dear. So I don't think we've talked about Julie Ward. I realized we weren't following Julie Ward today. And I feel like a jerk. Oh, baby. It's okay. So Julie Ward. Julie Ward. So we've got four horses by Julie Ward here. The first one is a black Hamilton. That is. Oh, that's what I wanted to feature is that Hamilton. Oh, summer black Hamilton is just unbelievable. He is amazing. Yes nice uh but there are several other horses in this link that are uh just crazy good julie has less than two thousand followers on instagram that is insane to me go follow her because she she is is so good stuff so so good right she is everybody in seattle knows how amazing she is right in the north pacific northwest so oh yeah because that's where she's from and she's but, super, oh. super nice. Like, good lord. Mm-hmm. Man. Man. Oof. Crazy. China Land. China. We have, we have more uh, brooches by uh, Horsing Around. Horsing Around. Mark like, Holly posted, uh, they're probably all sold now, but posted probably. some really beautiful custom glaze brooches. Yeah. And, you know, they do this every year, and I'm never ready for it. <laughs> oh, I know. I know what's happening. I still am like, what? What? Where? Why? So they're, they're really pretty. There's, um, there's, there's some roans, chestnut, uh, there's Welsh, uh, D's with ribbons and a bridle. There's a couple of foals. Mm-hmm. They come in these velvet boxes and they're probably all just sold. So yeah, go check it out. Cause it's some really nice. Cause they're pretty. Yes. Yeah. So good luck. Bill Duncan just liked Mayors in Black. Woo! <gasps> Yay! Yay! Uh, good. Attack! Attack! Speaking of... Oh, Donna Allen, why? 
Look at this piece. This is a commission piece. Uh, this is gorgeous. It is Southwest inspired um, with regalia, Indian regalia. Oh, God, I should have said that at the beginning. Fabian, who is uh, part Native American, wanted to tell mm -hmm. me uh, that when you talk about Indian costume, you should not say Indian costume. You should say right. Native American regalia. Okay. Or whatever the tribe is, their regalia. Okay. Okay. It is improper to call it Indian costume. It's like calling an Eskimo an Eskimo, right? Okay. It's like yeah. Inuit it's just, or something, right? Yeah. So new, new stuff. We all got to okay. adjust, right? Got to adjust. Be better. But if you want to call me honky, that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> I call you honky all the time. <laughs> uh, so back to the saddle. It's really beautiful. It's got Southwest detail in the um, the seat. The seat, right? The like I don't. Look at I, the seat. I was trying to find the word for the pommel and candle, but it's not. It's in the seat. It's and a it, seat. There are feathers painted and carved in all uh. over the saddle. And it's got turquoise detail. It's just amazing. And, it's, and the, the strap work is all this very delicate. Ugh, so good. Oh, my God. There's another thing she's working on. Like, what's the underlying treatment on the back of that Southwest ornament? Like, it looks like maybe it's sponged or something. Do you know, on the seat, you know what I'm talking about? The cantle's braided. The yep, the there, there's, there's braiding on the edges. But behind the little device, like the, it Let me looks get to the right picture. It looks uh, sponged. It's the top view over the horse's back. Yeah. That's so detailed. Yeah, I don't know. That's amazing. Or it's just like the texture of the leather and she you know dyed it in such a way uh, yeah, to bring it I don't out. Oh, maybe it's patina. It's maybe. it's just really good. It's really mm. good design. I love the looping on the um on the uh breastplate. Uh, yeah. the the feathers on the stirrups it's just oh, so good it's it's so good mm, i'm gonna All cry right. don't cry i might all right i'm gonna stop crying <laughs> there's no crying in horse tack oh gosh there's so much crying in uh, horse there tack. really is especially when you're tacking them up and you've got five minutes yeah there's uh, so much crying <laughs> like, studio mayor uh she's oh, got some mayor. new saddle pads one of which is looks like um maybe an austrian ornament it's a liposoner saddle pad it mm -hmm. looks like i think that's austria yeah the the double-headed the two double eagle yeah. yeah uh so this is really beautiful this it's is, red and gold. Yeah, it's and, red uh, and gold. And it has this really ornamental. Ugh. She's just so good. I can't handle it. Um, I I look at it and I'm not sure how a saddle's supposed to sit on it, but maybe that's not well, the purpose it might of be, this. Maybe it might it's be like one the, with a sur single. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. One of the line drives of the sur single pads. Mare. 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 Um, and finally, I think this is a new person, and I'm not quite sure how to say this. Uh, oh, it's Danny Udris. I'm it's, sorry. It's Danny Udris. I'm like, we're talking about I, Well, I looked at the, the name, and I was like, what? So Danny Udris, who uh, is, she made the Hagen Rinker shirts, but she also did this bridal. 
Um, and it's mm. a looped bridle and brow band, two-tone. Uh, it's studded and it's super pretty. It's beautiful. It's black and like um, tan. It's not Havana. It's like no. tan. Yeah, it's still like a, yeah, tan. Like a beer. Yeah. Black and tan. Like a good beer. <laughs> um, yeah, but it's on. So, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Now finish with the saddle. I was just. Uh, or the bridle. I was just rumbling. Let's say so. Uh, I got so she sent us Hagen Renniker t shirts. Yeah, yours isn't yours is coming. I got mine, I'm wearing it. Um, oh my god, I think I still have to send her my address. No, I sent it to her. <laughs> she, she, she was, was like, like She's not answering me. Oh my no, god, I can't. last Hang week on. was so bananas. I'm sorry, Danny. No, but she also sent me uh, one ninth scale Pokemon cards for Lynn. Oh, that's so cool. They're really they're very good. <laughs> people always send you shit they never send me anything yeah you don't have a famous doll shut up I, it's, well, it's like well before Link Beowulf would get presents and now Link gets them <laughs> oh Should god we have to have Beowulf <laughs> I know because there's probably people that don't know the legend of Beowulf yeah we gotta have a Beowulf show yeah Okay. The legend of Beowulf. Uh, <laughs> other hmm. Stephanie uh, B. Laylock. Oh, she's making a. She has started painting her call. She already has it. So we talked about the call earlier mm-hmm. in Sarah's section, and she's working on it. And she has made it one of her signature colors, this flea bitten gray, and oh. uh, and she's doing pyramids in the background and this beautiful white watercolor teal, and it's fantastic. Oh my gosh. Fantastic. Just so jealous. Crying. And I know from how it looks and how she's painting it, she will never sell this. This is for her. Oh, this is for her. Yeah. Yes. Beautiful. So suck it, Stephanie. <laughs> rude. Rude, I am. So rude. All right. We're gonna we're gonna wrap this up and we will be back with our interview with Sarah Mink. Which is such a, it's kind of rambly uh, because we are all rambly and Sarah is the rambly was one of, of oh, us all. But we'll true. talk about her history as an artist, get into copyright, get into artist rights uh, under Vera, talk about artist courtesy and uh, probably 16,000 other things. So stay tuned. Please join owner and host Anne Field for another exciting Field of Dolls live sale featuring her amazing creations and other fun activities. On July 5th, Anne will offer a wide and diverse selection of her signature rider dolls, a color wheel of cross-country kits, and a rainbow of saddlebags, as well as men's and women's chaps. Not to mention trivia, prizes, and more. The Field of Dolls live sale will be on July 5th at 2 p.m. Eastern on Facebook. Please visit Field of Dolls on Facebook for more info. See you there. The Mares in Black Podcast. Greetings all and welcome. Uh, this is Jackie Rossi. I am here with Mares in Black and I am joined today by my esteemed co-host Heather. Say hello. Hi. And we are also here with Sarah McKevich Bruning. Sarah. Hello. Are we yeah. saying it right, Sarah? Say your name. Minkiewicz Brining. You're you're Brining. just fine. Excellent. Yeah. We'll just blame that on my accent. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so 
So we are here today um, to talk to Sarah uh, about um, kind of artistic rights things and uh, to kind of discuss some beliefs people have about when you buy a piece, like what you have, what you rights you have to it and what rights you don't. Yeah, yeah we want to cover intellectual property in general, how it relates to the hobby and where kind of a guiding path about what's acceptable and what's not according to Vera and as well as just common courtesy for other artists. And for those that don't know, Sarah is, Sarah is your second gen hobbyist, right? Sarah, like us. Second generation hobbyist and uh, pretty much acknowledged as one of, one of the best um, and most influential artists at the, you know, in the hobby at this date. So thank um, you, Sarah, tell us about how you got into the hobby. Oh gosh, that was way back. Dial the clock back over the years, the decades. And back to the Daisy Sassies. Oh my God, it seemed like another lifetime ago. Um, I was a Briar Horse kid. My grandma got me my very first Briar Horse. It was the Pearly Palomino uh, Quarter Horse Full, and uh, I was, mm. and I, I still love that full. And so there was a local toy store called the Wooden Horse that carried all of the briars that I could possibly oogle. And I was there spending my allowance one day when I saw a free issue of Just About Horses. And in this issue was an article written by Elizabeth Burris on Uh, customizing briars. Wow. Yeah. And I remember that. Oh, yeah. And there was also an article about Nancy Strouger and her horses. So Mm -hmm. that was like a perfect storm right there. Um, You had the how-to and you had all this inspiration. And so I went home, grabbed a hacksaw, uh, bought some of that awful green, you know, blue, yellow, mix it together. You get the (laughs) sticky green putty. (laughs) finger your fingertips off as you mix it yeah and I attacked my collection and in about five months I went maybe even four months I went to my very first show because the little informationals were in the just about horses and I found a local show and I went and I had such an amazing experience the people were so friendly and so helpful and the horses there were amazing, and it was just a whole new world that opened up. So, boom, that was it, 1987. I was hooked, and I've never looked back. Excellent. Were you doing, like, art before the customized horses? Yes, I did uh, flat work, oil painting, pastels, pencil work, that sort of thing, but I'd always wanted to get into sculpture, but I was scared to death because it seems so intimidating and overwhelming. Where do you start? How do you do it? There's, it just seems like such a big book to crack into. So when I discovered customizing, I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. This is something I can do in baby steps and still have a finished horse at the end of it. And I can show it for feedback and I can get more and more complex the more I learn. And so it was just this great social 
footstep tool because I got to meet a bunch of really great people who helped me along. It got to be a great teaching tool because I got to learn only what I was able to absorb at that moment, but still, you know, progress rationally and reasonably. And it was a lot of fun. And I mean, and then you had these set molds that Briar provided for instant inspiration. And so it was just like this really great alchemy that kept pushing me forwards and striving for more and more and more. And people were just really helpful and amazing and supportive and fun. Just loads of fun. And that was a huge component. <laughs> the 90s were lit, man. The 90s were oh, lit. They were lit. <laughs> I can't believe what we got away with. Oh, <laughs> I remember there was some drinking night we had at Briarfest at the, the bar when it was oh, all like one? all of us no that one year where it was like 20 people and i told us oh my god that's right and at that table and we were that, just it was it was uh, that insane was it was crazy so oh my god so, i have a prior fest moment so my first prior <laughs> fest was 1995 and i sarah you probably don't remember this but like I was, I was in vet school and I had just, you know, I'd, I'd had my head turned with anatomy where now I couldn't look at a model horse without going, that ain't right. I mean, <laughs> and I was, it was kind it's of a the, dark moment, isn't it, Jack? Yeah. Well, it was kind of at the time <laughs> when a lot of people were having that and like there was a lot of change and people didn't always understand why the change was happening. But anyway, I went to Briarfest and we were, me and my friend Leslie were doing it on a super budget. Um, and one night we stumbled into a room where you had, I remember you had little stable mates that were blanks that you would paint up and you, there was a little warm blood selling for 300 bucks. If I'd had $300, I would have bought him. Oh, no. <laughs> I wonder what <laughs> happened to him to this day, but, but, uh, you were there and Les and, uh, Lori Jo Jensen and the two of you just started going off. Like you were prepping horses with meso and painting and working on painting them. And Leslie and I just sat on the bed and watched this like, Oh my God, we have, you know, we have stumbled onto like. It was like cavemen, like watching people work with metal. I, was oh, just, I have made fire. Fire. It was incredible. Oh, well, thank you. It was just a lot of screwdrivers and mystery science theater. <laughs> So Sarah, before we jump into the copyright thing, can you talk a little bit a bit about your your reputation in the hobby and what you kind of feel your legacy is? I mean, you you know that you know since probably the late '80s, you have been revered as like the trailblazer. Oh my goodness! Well, thank you. I just do what I do, baby. Um, you know, my idea of what I do has really evolved. Uh, at first I was like, I've got to improve these molds. I've got to improve these molds. And then it evolved to, I got to improve my own work. I've got, you know, I sort of started, I'm not going to show against my customers. I'm going to focus more on studio work and uh, my customers have the showing fun. So I phased out of showing. And I think and I was really into, you know, getting things as technically accurate as I possibly could, which I'm still about. But now I'm sort of more about capturing the horse's story, the individual story, and not creating like this representation of this Adonis representation of a breed or a horse, or whatever. I'm more interested in um, the horse's narrative, that individual yes 
people's narrative. That's what I always enjoyed about Lynn's work. Her, her yeah. every single horse Lynn makes yeah. has a story yeah. and an yeah. inspiration. Yeah, yeah. And so that's what I'm more into now. And, I, and I've noticed that, you know, just like with real artwork, you have to know how to sculpt tight in order to properly loosen. And so I'm really loosening up in my work. I mean, every tiny little striation of a tendon doesn't have to be there. I can just hint at the tendon. Yeah. And so, but you, you, you really have to know your ABCs before you can start playing around with them. So that's where I am now. And as for my legacy, I would like to think that when I'm, when I'm dead and gone, that people remember my work for celebrating the horse. You know, not necessarily celebrating a breed or, uh, you know, anything like that, a discipline or anything like that, but just the horse on his own terms. And so that's what I would like to think. But people can make of it, uh, you know, as they will. And, you know, it's all good. It's all good. How does it feel to have a Briar model? Crazy. It <laughs> feels crazy. Um, I still don't believe it. I, I live in a parallel world in a fishbowl and I still don't believe it. Um, you know, I was at Scottsdale and I saw uh, a Croy in a box being sold, you know, by a Briar dealership mm. there at Scottsdale, Scottsdale Raving Horse Show. And I'm like, oh my God, did I really do that? And I, and Lori says, look what you did. I'm going, and I thought to myself, no, I really didn't do that. That's somebody else. That's another planet. But no, I really did it. And it's, it's really a strange feeling to come full circle like that and have gone on that crazy journey that's still continuing, but have these amazing milestones along the way that yeah. you can, you know, reflect back on and, and think, God, you know, where's it going to go now? Where is it going to go now? But, you know, it's, it's, it's an exciting thing. It's, yeah, I, I feel I find, like I, oh, go I ahead. find it interesting that even no matter how big you are in the hobby, every single artist I've talked to is like, that's the goal to get a briar horse in the lawn. It's, and like, even, you know, even flat work, they get to paint them. They're not sculpting them. They're just like, this, this was my childhood dream, right? It this is. Was, yeah. It is. It's like, it's, it's so strange because it's all of a sudden, all of the force of the years, your childhood force of the years and memories and hopes and dreams, and aspirations and imaginations, they come just flying forward when you pull that thing out of the box and you take that first big, great whiff. <laughs> yes <laughs> you're like oh my god it's real and it's mine and i'm so high right now <laughs> it's just it's childhood in a box it's great oh yeah, yeah absolutely and you know i will say this though that i think even better than that is seeing kids playing with my models i oh, think that god. Even, yeah. that is light years better. absolutely so, so do you care what happens to the models now that they're in the line? Are you interested in what Briar does with them? Like, uh, for instance, it's heavily betted this year that Croy is going to be the mystery horse oh inside the hobby because because Connemara, hello, you know. Yeah, but, oh my god! Maybe they have like a surprise model that nobody knows about. They've done that before, I think. Yeah. No, they've, done no, they've, never, they've, they've never debuted a new. They've done it with a volunteer model. Yeah. That's what they. 
what he did it with. Um, but at any rate, like, is that something that you're going to like, is it continuous milestones as they produce them in new colors and new uses for them? Or are you just like, it's out there, it's theirs now. Oh, um, it was, um, it's work for hire. So it's theirs. They can do whatever they want with it. Well, and I get that, but I'm, I don't know. I'm asking more if you pay attention, if it's important to you, what they do oh, with it. Yes. Or, yes. <laughs> I mean, I, I really do keep, I try and keep tabs of, of what they're doing just because it's fun to see them in different colors. It's fun to see them repurposed and it feeds back into my own work because, you know, with their resizing of stuff, mm-hmm. you know, it really is giving me diabolical ideas. And, um, <laughs> that was my next you know, question. <laughs> but I, I really enjoy tracking to see what they're doing. And you know, what is so great, you know, Briar has been so responsive to the model horse collecting community. And I think call me crazy. I mean, I've been involved with this since 1987. I think right now is the most exciting time. In Absolutely. 100%. percent You know, Jack and I say on the show all the time, what a time to be alive and be a model horse yeah. collector. It is amazing. We're seeing it reinvented right before our eyes and we're seeing it just have a new breath of life. And it's, it's so much options, so much directions that people are going. And, um, and it's, it's all because people are willing to take a risk and explore new things. And Briar's doing the same thing. They're taking risks. They're thinking outside the box. And it's just wonderful to see. Because I remember, you know, being a, a girl and, you know, going to the wooden horse over and over and over again and seeing the same colors over and over again. Because yep. it was a very different company back then. They didn't take risks. And now they come out with all these different molds all at once, all these different colors, and they're all incredible. And so it's just an amazing thing to see them just bloom. They're rebooting. Yeah. yeah. Mm. I, I, uh, I, we went to the New York horse show <gasps> as guests of Briar um, a few years back, and we saw Stephanie Maseko over by their little pop-up store. And it was right when all this stuff was starting to happen with the premier horses. And oh you can tell God. that their, their business strategy was evolving. And I told Stephanie, I was like, keep it up. You guys are killing it. Like yeah. The, yeah. The, the, the hobby part yeah. of the, you know, not the kids, but the hobby part of Briar is ecstatic. Hell yeah. 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 So. But I, I really think too that with that type of energy feeding each other, the kids are going to catch on to the energy oh, too. Oh, absolutely, sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just a great thing, and you know, if there's anything that an activity needs more, it's more people involved, especially younger generations. Absolutely. So, hundred yeah. percent, wonderful thing. Wonderful that's, one, thing. that's one of our platforms: is get kids into the hobby, get them interested, get them, get them, ed- right. you know, get them educated, get them a mentor, all that kind of stuff. Right on. That's as it should be, baby. Baby. Um, so let's let's get into the actual topic now that we've been talking for thirty minutes. Um, can you get because this is about um, not only um, copyright and intellectual property uh, theft or defacement, but just uh, in general, can you talk about copyright and how it affects how it relates to the hobby? I guess is the best. Oh boy, that is a big, big topic. Topic. Um, well, 
All right, let me let me roll back with a little bit of backstory. Back in the, my day, around the eighties and maybe early nineties, when people bought an artist's piece, they thought that well, not everybody, but for a pretty big percentage, thought that once they owned it, they could do whatever they wanted with it. And and at this time, we're talking mostly customs, right? Resins right. aren't quite customs, a thing yet. Yeah. In fact, um, artist residence didn't exist when a lot of these discussions were going on. It mm -hmm. was, a lot of it was just customs. And so people were altering things sort of willy nilly. You know, I don't like, you know, that dark horse, so I'm going to add some socks or oh. I don't like that ear just pointing forward. I'm going to move it, you know, to it's flipped back. They were just sort of doing whatever they wanted. And then Oh gosh, um, I forget exactly how it started, but I think it might have been Lynn. I'm not. Don't you know? Don't quote me on that. I'm not exactly sure. But then the whole, the whole impetus to go look, guys. These, these aren't things that you can do whatever you want with. These are pieces of art that somebody created, and I think that was really the big delineation moment. Um, up until that time, people sort of thought that these things were just model horses. They were just toys. And which makes sense because that's where they sort of were right. made and, from. And they're right. modified production models. So that's where that's where they're produced for competition. Right. 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 So, um, you know. And also, too, in that framework, you know, if you bring up competition, Jackie, um, somebody framed it really well for me because I kept trying to put my finger onto something that I just couldn't grasp. And the way that she put it was, you know, these horses that we create are kind of like game pieces in the game of showing model horses. Mm -hmm. And they have a purpose other than just being beautiful, other than just being loved, they have the purpose of showing. They're utilitarian to some degree. And they have to show well, ideally. So here we had people who basically thought they still had a toy that had to show well. So they felt that they could change whatever they wanted to change in order to appeal to more judges. And then the whole attitude sort of started to evolve as these customs became more sophisticated and more and more skill and technical savvy and artistic savvy had to go into them. Artists were starting to say, look, this is artwork. You know, this isn't um, necessarily a model that you buy off the shelf from a toy store. I put my heart and soul in this. This is years of technical skills that I've developed that are going into this. And then, so we had this dichotomy of this is art, this is a toy clashing over this issue. And I remember then when VARA, which is a subsection to copyright code, Title 17 copyright code, it's subsection 106A, I believe. When it got passed in 1990 and then took effect in 1991 that was a real game changer mm -hmm. because it introduced the new rights of attrition and integrity which meant that 
if it gave the artist control over their moral rights to this piece. In other words, that the creation of a piece of art comes with it intrinsic moral rights that protect its preservation and its authenticity from those rights coming from the artist themselves. It, it, you can't buy them. You can't transfer them. They are intrinsic to the piece and intrinsic to the artist. And that was a real game changer because it meant that you really couldn't just start tweaking paint jobs anymore because Avara, Avara protects pieces that are one of a kinds, like a paint job, um, or things that are reproduced, but there's a very specific set of conditions for that. Um, they have to be numbered 200 or less, including artist proofs. They have to be dated and numbered. And there's a couple of other little tweaks to that too. But when it comes to paint jobs in particular, you can consider a paint job to be a one of a kind, right? Mm -hmm. Right. Whether on resin or on a plastic. So that fundamentally meant that no, you can't just tweak what you want because you want it the right to do that belongs only with the artists that created it. Or in the case, case of a collaboration, one of the, you know, one of the artists has to agree to that because with the complication of that law, if one artist in the collaboration agrees to it, they basically waive the rights for the other artist. So huh, that's interesting. Yeah. Which is rather odd, but, um, so, uh, what was the question again? <laughs> General discussion of copyright and IP yeah. for the hobby. Oh, we've kind of already blown through three of our questions. Just yeah, okay. no, that's fine. That's no, fine. Okay, this is great. So let me circle back. Let's circle back. Okay. Um, so what that means is this: it means that we have evolved to a point where our paint jobs and our sculptures and our glaze work and our tack and our props are now art you know it's art it's you just cast it in a different medium say bronze and it's fine art you know mm -hmm. as would be generally accepted in the in the art world i <laughs> consider a resident you know yeah, there's eleanor harvey used to say you know i've racked my brain about what i think model horse hobby art is i think it's folk art <laughs> yes that's a possibility yeah. too she's on record for <laughs> that actually <laughs> I think it, it's not something that lends itself to being pigeonholed really well because it's such a unique little niche. But um, so the, the way that copyright law and VAR law relates to our work is very direct. It, oh gosh, it's, it's a big question. Like, let's say, um, let's say you take a proud Arabian mare and you paint it. Okay. Briar is very nonchalant about alteration of their stuff, but, but they only really hold copyright to the mold. They don't hold VAR rights to it because sure. it's an X 200 copies mm -hmm. and none of it's signed and dated and that sort of thing. But they really don't seem to care about copyright issues with their work. And they even have a customizing kit that they sell. So they care about it. I know this for a fact. Yeah. Because I've talked to some of their people. They're okay with the customizing. They're okay with the resale. They don't like their branding to be 
compounded. Right. Where they start to get itchy is, you know, like the little miniature briars, which are in adorable boxes. in yeah. boxes that artists were making for a while with the mini winnies. Oh, the, the branding. Yeah. Right. There their, was the box. That was the problem. Using their mark, right? And and, and not even mark. making it is not the big deal. They were selling it. That's where it gets tricky. Oh, yeah. I get that trademark branding issue. Yeah, I can see that. Um, so let's say an artist paints a Pam. That artist has envisioned that paint job to be a very specific way. And so that paint job is protected under VARA because it's a one of a kind. And it's protected under copyright because the artist has the right to, um, protect the expression of that paint job. Now, let's say that paint job is chestnut with four white socks and a blaze. That is an idea. You cannot copyright ideas. Right. Because if we copyrighted ideas- It has to be, it has to be tangible work. That is the legal term. Right, right. Well, it, it has to be the tangible expression of that idea. So let's say that- you know, the shading and the shadows are a certain way or the little hooks on the, the stockings and the socks and the, the star are a very specific way. You can still create a Pam chestnut with white stockings and a blaze, but it has to be your own unique expression of it. You can't take that, you know, person's paint job and exactly duplicate every little, you know, aspect of it because that expression is considered unique and protectable mm-hmm. does that make any sense yes. yes okay so and when it comes to sculpture this is a really big issue with sculpture because we i don't know if you guys are familiar with my blog post about you know working in realism and the law yeah. of averages i think that was the actual title of my blog post we're working with a finite subject matter horses you know, have a finite number of forms. They can only move a finite number of ways and same things inspire different artists. And it's just this whole amalgam of similarities that are going to happen. I mean, God, we've been at this for what? 30 plus years, 40 years. Closer to 50. Yeah. 50 years. So similarities are going to happen. We even see it in the briar line, plenty of similarities. Mm -hmm. And So we have to be very clear that, you know, let's say with Stormwatch, with my Stormwatch, I don't own the idea of wind-blown horse. Um, Standing wind-blown Mustang. Yeah. If if that was the case, can you imagine how destroyed creativity would be? Yes. Right. But what I do own is the very specific expression of him. If... If somebody created a copy that they could that somebody else could mistake as my stormwatch, that could be considered infringement. So um, it, just like so, if somebody were to create a custom, let's say that looked very similar to a resin, to the point where you can look at it and go, "Hey, that's yes, infringement." That be, yeah, that could be considered infringement. Okay. Yeah, um, because it's intellectual property. the The unique expression is the intellectual property, and when Somebody put it to me in a really good way, too. A visual has value. A unique visual has value. 
And when you start stealing that thunder and copying too close, you are devaluing the value of that visual. And that can have very real market ramifications. Or changing it. Yes. Or changing mm-hmm. it. Yes. And what I find so interesting too is that so many people, they don't realize that when they change these things, they could actually be devaluing, you know, the value of their finished piece. Like, right. you know, let's say that that gal put this amazing skill into that <clears throat> chestnut ham and then the next owner says, well, I don't like the blaze. I'm going to make it a star. Well, they have just devalued the piece because a collector who collects artist A's work is just like, I only want an intact version of that. I don't want something right. that somebody else, you know, tinkered. So and everybody knows I'm a huge Pam Hutton nut. And I've seen a couple of cases, and she's not in the hobby anymore. We're not ever going to have any more work by her, right? Yeah. Uh, and some crazy. of her stuff is already falling apart, but I still collect it because it's, right. to me, it's historically important. She was, you know, in the early 2000s, you know, a, a bomb on the scene with how she changed paint jobs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and a, I know of three or four pieces that have been fixed or modified or, and, and it breaks my heart. The couple I have seen, it's nothing like her work. No one, you know, even if it was not Pam Hutton, styles mm-hmm. are different. It's going to look discordant. Yep. Yeah. And, those, and now those pieces are kind of Pam Hutton's, but, you know. Yeah. Well, that speaks directly to Vara. Um, Vara bestows the, well, Vara is uh, subsection 106A, I believe, to Title 17 of the U.S. Code, which is copyright rights. And it, it gives the artist the right of integrity and patrician. And what that basically boils down to is this. The artist has the right to protect the integrity of their work. They can say, no, you can't do that to my chestnut, Pam, because that would compromise my reputation and my standing and the character, the nature of the work. But if that person goes ahead and changes it, they can say, no, that is no longer my work. Mm-hmm. I disown my name to that work because mm-hmm. you changed it and it's no longer my vision. So those altered Pams speak very directly to that. that you know, those Pams, in my opinion, are so changed that they're no longer Hutton work anymore. And you that don't is, need, you don't need the artist's original. You don't need Pam Hutton's opinion on that to say that. I personally don't. Mm-hmm. Now, she would be the one that would have to go forward with any further action on that mm-hmm. because bar and copyright, they're very much burden of proof is on the artist to prove that infringement right. or what has happened. But in my own personal opinion, I would not consider them Hutton's anymore, um, which is a terrible shame because that's the destruction of her body of work. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and and the history of our hobby. Yeah, exactly. And I was just going to, cause I'm a vintage custom collector. That's my thing. And I can't tell you how many times I have come across vintages that have been altered. And it's, it's terrible because it's eroding our history. It's muddling the timelines and it's disrespectful and it devalues the piece. 
I've even a hair a hair job, a new modern hair job can completely change the model uh-huh. and develop it. I mean, I can't tell you how many mastices I've seen with new hair jobs, and it mm. completely changes it. Totally yeah. changes. It. Yeah. And it loses its charm. It loses its place in history. It loses itself on the timeline. <laughs> you know? It's like, here's a Picasso. I don't like all these this cubism stuff. I'm gonna paint some daisies on it. Yes! Well, actually, I, I have a related question to this. What about a restoration? Because I do have a couple of vintage customs that, you know, because of how old they are, because of the, the stuff we had to make them with. Lifting you know, and stuff like that. Absolutely. Lifting. And, I, and I have one that, because I still show it, because it is still relevant, even though it is 23 years old, I think. Are you now. talking Lasher? I'm talking about Lasher. Lasher, oh. Sarah, Sarah's horse. Yeah. Oh my um, gosh! I didn't know you had him. I have not- Lasher, but he has some damage to an ear, and it's not. It's if you get up close to him, you can see the damage, and it definitely right. affects him in the show ring. And it would be nice to get that restored at some point, but I haven't tried. Well, I haven't been showing a lot, so it hasn't been really high on my priority list. But what about getting a piece like that restored? There's a huge difference between restoration and alteration, mm-hmm. like. If the Mona Lisa got damaged, would we paint over that whole aspect that got damaged? The restorer would just work on that tiny little bit mm-hmm. that got damaged and try and match things as closely as possible and do the least amount of work necessary to do the fix. So I've seen plenty of repairs that were done so responsibly that it really restored the piece back to its original glory as the artist originally envisioned it and you can't even tell where the repair Mm -hmm. was and then i've seen some that are essentially repainted you know it's just what 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 was the point of the restoration you've completely redone the horse pretty much so i I always tell people to to go if you need a restoration the artist is still in the business go to the artist you know they can always say no but in a restoration you know like i i have a an ish that Sonia Johnson did, and I called and I was oh. like, she's not in the yeah, she's the hobby anymore. And I was like, can you put paint? Amazing! Oh my god, this thing okay. is so gorgeous. It still it can still hold its own any day of the week in the show ring. It's oh. it's a revelation. But you know, go talk to the artist. Yeah, yeah. If if they can't do it or don't have time to do it or don't do that kind of thing anymore, you know, they can either have suggestions of who could or at least say, you know, just leave it, you know, I prefer you leave it the way it is. Yeah, as a vintage custom collector, I've got several damaged pieces. I'm leaving the damage because a fix would entail so much of an intrinsic change. I'm not comfortable with that. I want 100% Bev Zimmer. I want 100% Julie Bullock. I want 100% Kathy Miastos. And I could fix it. I could fix it so it's invisible, but it would change too much. It would, it would, you know, even right down to changing the direction of the brush stroke. You know, I, I am an authentic, loving kind of vintage custom collector. That's, that's, and I, I, go ahead. Oh, and I like to see that respect shown to the work of other artists because the customs and resins of today are the vintages of tomorrow. Mm Mm-hmm. And, and, and you start talking about, especially with the 90s customs, the, the massive customs, the extreme customs, yeah. where the lifting has become a real issue. Yeah. Um, there's, 
there's a pair and I don't, I don't want to call it out because it breaks my heart, but there's a pair of horses that are iconic and they were recently up on the market and they were so at their time revolutionary and they're lifting super bad. And I, and I questioned, I was like, how would you even go about fixing those, that pair? You can't, you can't, it wouldn't be worth it. No, you would have to change so much that they would cease to be iconic. Mm -hmm. You know, and I I think that's a real, a, a real distinction we have to make. We come back again to the idea of these things as game pieces in the game of showing model horses, you know, where something has to be perfect order to quote unquote show well. But we have that butting up against the idea that these are art pieces. Mm-hmm. And at what point do we have to say, look, it's art. It has to stay authentic, even if it can no longer function as a game piece anymore. Right. Right. And, and, I'm at a place now where I look at these more as art. And if it never shows again because of damage, then it never shows again because of damage. I am its curator. I am its guardian. This is for the future. And if I were to change it, I would pluck it clean out of its place in time. And I would rob the future of something so special that there is no replacing it. You, you know, even if the original artist went back and fixed those pieces, it would be different. You can't put like a brushstroke in the exact same place or a dapple in the exact same place mm-hmm. or, or repeat you know, that where you were in your artistic journey back. At exactly, yeah, yeah. exactly. I mean, so many artists have grown. They can't even paint that way anymore. They tried. So I, I would like to think that whoever ends up with these these deeply disturbed these deeply damaged pieces, um, consider that they're art first and think about appreciating them on their own terms rather than trying to fix them back into showable condition. Right. So let's flip the coin and talk about um, because of this has all been spurred by a recent incident. Mm-hmm. Um, with uh, with yeah. a work modification, can you talk just from a, a courtesy standpoint and what you owe your fellow artists or someone who has created the artwork for you? Even if you're dissatisfied or whatever, why is it wrong to modify an artist's piece without permission? From a from a from a moral from an ethical standpoint and a respect standpoint. Gosh, you know, I almost think that would be like really obvious, but. Um... Well, because the argument, the argument is it's mine. I bought it and I can do with it what I want. Yeah. That's the same old argument that I heard back in 1980, 80, 89, 1990. God, I remember being vilified for bringing up Vara back then. I remember oh, that. I remember that too. <laughs> oh my God. I like, remember people that, I don't even know what she's talking about. <laughs> yeah. Boo hoo hoo. It's, it's important on many fronts. It's important to the individual artist because when we put our heart and soul in something, we have a vision for something that is an an artistic expression of a specific vision that deserves respect, that deserves consideration, that deserves protection. And I'll tell you why, because if artists find out that people can change their work willy nilly, What is the impetus really for taking risks? What is the impetus 
for improving their own work. If somebody does something really ambitious and the next owner who gets it says, oh, I think that's a little too wild. I'm going to dial it back and, you know, get rid of this crazy pattern and just have somebody repaint it bay. Mm-hmm. What is really going to get people, artists, to really stretch and to really go the extra mile if they know their work is not going to be protected? And it also matters to the community because when we don't protect our own works, we are destroying our own voices, our diversity of voices, our innovation, our progress, our history. We are destroying ourselves from the inside and we just willy-nilly change things if we don't like them. And, you know, a lot of artists too, if they find out that somebody's changed something, they're not going to sell to you anymore. Mm-hmm. Oh, and they shouldn't. Yeah, I'm, right. Absolutely and I, not. I, right. And, and this is a point I want to make. We're not naming names out of respect for the artist in question. And I want to honor that. But with bad behaviors, with people that are out there modifying work, with people out there doing bad business, the, the community has to start speaking out and not just on transaction board. Like there has or, to be, or, or behind closed doors, or to, you know, it, it passed around in messenger mm-hmm. there. We're not ever going to stop this type of type behavior if people don't speak out. And I know, I know there was backlash with the thing we just talked about. Like, well, it's, you know, I bought it. I can do whatever I wanted it to. Well, mm-hmm. no, you can't legally. You can't, not legally. You, can't. you are yeah, wrong. Not legally. Yeah. It's morally wrong. It's legally wrong. And it's bad for the community. Yep. Mm-hmm. Can't do it. If you don't, let's put it this way. You buy a piece and you don't like it. Something is just not quite sitting with you. Sell well, it. That's fine. That's great. Sell <laughs> it. There's somebody else out there who's going to love it for 100% what it is. And you can go out and find something else that is 100% to your satisfaction. Right. You know, that is, that's just the way we have to operate when we're dealing with art. Because this is art. Yes, they're game pieces that have to show well, but they are fundamentally art. And I think we're getting away from that. I see this a lot with the millennials and uh, generations. You're much more interested in the artistic aspect of it and are better able to understand these type of concerns. Yes. Clearly Mm -hmm. not everyone, but yeah. um, So what would you say to artists and um, consumers for lack of a better word, you know, buyers, what's kind of the big guidepost for not screwing up copyright and Vera rights on an artist? Um, if you buy a piece and you get it, protect it. Uh, don't alter it. Take good care of it. If there's something you don't like about it, sell it. It's just that simple. It really is just that simple. And I know that these things can cost a lot of money. And I know it can be really tempting to say, oh, I think it would look so much better if it had a star right there or an extra spot right there. It's tempting, but leave it alone. You know, I I know a lot of artists don't do a lot of commissions nowadays, but there's still some that do, or just wait for that piece that speaks to you 100%, but don't mess with the piece you have. Sell it, find something else that fits your sensibilities 100%. And it's really just that easy. (laughs) It really is. Because, I mean, how else can we... Can, can we be united as a community if the very thing that we all rely on 
to play this game, to come together socially, to enjoy, to be inspired by, to love, to collect, has no protections on it at all, then, you know, we've sort of gutted ourselves. Yeah. I, and it is, it's worth noting that this is a small hobby. Everybody knows each other. Oh, yeah. You know, and we all so talk. you're not, you're we not just, talk. you're not, just, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Especially the artists. Y'all don't think that the, the artists don't know what you're up to. They do. <laughs> and they tell each other. And they tell artists each other. They tell each other. Um, yeah, it gets around the grapevine really fast if somebody why, is changing pieces. Why on earth would, this happens a lot, why on earth would you take a piece and go out and say, I'm going to change this piece because, like, what's wrong with you? Yeah. I don't like it because. I need to do this because. Well, no, no, no. Yeah. I know one artist. I won't say who it is. Friend, dear friend of mine. Nearly an entire body of her work was wiped out. <gasps> Customs were wiped out by people just taking her work and altering it and destroying it. Oh, oh no. my God. Yeah. In fact, I even have a piece here, a collaboration that I worked on with Lori Jensen back in 1991. His name is Galaxy Guru, a customized Prada Herb Stallion. And whoever got him in another country, I forget the country, completely wiped him out. Oh, and yeah, they completely know. ruined They dremeled him down. They destroyed his paint job. They ripped off his hair. They re-sculpted major areas of him, all without our authorization. And like, why not just get the original model and do that? Yes, I mean, what if you don't? If you don't like it, sell it and move mm. on. But they completely destroyed Galaxy Guru, and the gal that ended up with him now for a song because he was completely devalued is asking that I restore him back as closely as I can. And, which I am going to do, mm-hmm. wow. but there's, there's no way that I can duplicate the way. Yeah. Originally- oh, absolutely. Yeah. Not. Some 30 years ago. No way. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that reminds me of, um, of the sale that they had for Carol Christian's horses and that Moulin assay came up for Pam Hutton mm-hmm. and somebody contacted you about customizing like for the love yeah. of God, do not touch no. that. Sell it to me. I will take it off your hands, but don't change it. Yes. Yes. Don't change they- it. They wanted to do, I think, a massive repair on it. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Don't don't let them even repair it. Yeah, that, and luckily the person who was the go-between talking to me about that was saying, the, telling them the same thing. Please don't touch that piece. Mm. Please don't. And as far as I know, they didn't, so. Good. We <laughs> won the day. <laughs> so, uh, what other thoughts do you have, Sarah? We've pretty much covered everything. Um, what are thoughts do you have on um, artist courtesy and intellectual property, Vera? Um, at casting customs. Yeah, let's oh, talk about boy. that for a minute. Oh, boy. That is an interesting issue. Okay, let's say somebody takes a Proud Air Mare and remakes it, really loves it. Everybody loves it. Oh, my God, you've got to cast it. I want to buy it. It's so great. So the artist, customizing artist goes ahead and casts it. It's up to Breyer, the copyright holder, to actually go forward with any action against that. Mm-hmm. So, and I cannot speak to what they would do. They have given permission in very small circumstances. Yes. Right. Okay. Um, I know that Kylie Parks asked for permission to cast 
a smaller version of her Wixom custom, which was down to the studs customized as well, which I think is important to yeah. note. Yes. Um, and they gave her permission to reproduce him. Right, but, that's cool. but it's, it's few and far between. I'm not sure some people ask, but I, you do hear a lot of agitating from time to time about mm-hmm. people like, I don't know why I can't cast this. Go ask Briar. Go ask Stone. Yeah. 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 They're the ones that can give you permission. And if they say no, it's no. You know, period, full stop. No. It doesn't matter how many people love it. Doesn't matter how much you love it. Doesn't matter how many you think you can sell. Period, full stop, no. And because here's the flip side to that too. Let's say somebody took my Stormwatch and changed him. Or, you know, just cast his head somehow off of the sculpture and used that in their own sculpture or their own custom and then cast that. That is infringement. Stormwatch belongs, that unique vision belongs to me. So you can't remake him and make a new casting. You can't cast any part of him and put that into your own work. And I, I know that there was that incident years ago where, what was it, power steering or whiplash was, somebody was making illegal copies. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's the- happened on more than just them. Oh, yeah. 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 Really? Oh yeah. Oh, there's and there's ish, I think. What? The illegal copies. The are the Carol Williams stock horse. There's there's been several incidences with the, Chi- the Chinese companies ripping off. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. But they're, they're also, it's happened inside the hobby as well. Yeah. Yeah. But yes, you're China. right about power yeah. steering. Yeah. And I remember when you know that came out, that was a really big problem because that essentially put the entire regi- you know, our niches resin industry in panic overdrive because that means that there would be no protection from theft because it right. is theft. And that's, that's basically what it boils down to is theft. So, and I'm glad we worked our, we seem to have worked our way through that. I, I'm not aware of any other situations like that happening, but I live I, in a pretty yeah. big I think if I'm not mistaken, there were some dummy Orsons going around at one point too. I, I definitely Dude, have a few. Yes, I, I have a that. few that are that are much lighter and hmm. hollow cast, and I know that they weren't cast that way. So uh, oh, I'm not sure God. where they come from, but I uh, I had conversations with Christina about it, and it, you know, but it, but but it happens. It happens. I, yeah. I haven't heard of it lately, though. You're right. So, um, but one thing that I, I would like to t- speak to artists casting in resin, um, a handy little trick to help protect your pieces from i guess being pirated get like a little micro stamp um you can have them cast in metal it's expensive but it's worth it of like your logo or of a design or something and on your original piece stamp that into the body along with your signature because it's going to cast crisply on your legit edition but it will become more muddled if somebody casts off of your casting, right? Yeah, it's a general, it's a generational thing. Yeah, yeah. Like so you, you, you lose quality to... each time something is copied from an analog point right. of view. Mm-hmm. Right, right. So consider doing that if you want to help protect yourself against that. Hopefully, it, you know, we'll never have to deal with this issue ever again. But there's a lot of, of potential out there to really muddy the waters. And I think we owe each other, we owe the artistic community, because think about it. 
None of this would happen. None of this would ever be happening without the artistic community. Mm-hmm. From OFs to resins to customs to custom glaze to everything, tack, props, uh, photography, it's all art. And unless we protect the intrinsic value and the integrity of all of our artworks, you know, we're just, we're shooting ourselves in the foot and we're, we're going to drive artists away. Mm-hmm. Good wrap up. Yeah. Good segue. That's excellent. So uh, let's talk about what you're doing right now, Sarah. You've gone through a lot of different segments in your career from painter to customizer to sculptor. You started the the whole gift giftware and medallion rage. I, I remember when people used to push back on that. Like, we don't oh, have medallions from you. And now it's like, medallions for everyone. <laughs> 500 <laughs> entries at Medallion Mayhem. Oh my God, I felt so bad for Jennifer's. Um, like, I'm like, Jennifer, I told Jennifer Scott Point, Jennifer, there's, I'm so scared. Please don't, <laughs> please don't be angry, but there's over 500 entries. She's like, oh my God, that's so great. Ah. <laughs> I would tell, tell Leslie, I'm so sorry, Leslie, I'm so sorry. And she's like, oh no, this is fantastic, yada, yada, yada. But yes, oh my God, the pushback for medallions was amazing back then. And now they've, it's so amazing to see them blow up like this, you know? And with such innovation. Right. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I, I think if there's anyone that's just your natural kind of successor in the hobby with the innovation and the pushing the boundaries. It's Kylie parks. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Absolutely. It's like, I'm a fan. I've got some of her work that, you know, I can afford, but yeah, I'm a fan. I'm a fan. <laughs> so where are you in your career now? You know, where, and where do you see your career going? What are you, plug your workforce too. What are you working oh, on? What do you got coming out? I'm not good with this sort of stuff, but um, I am a sculptor. Um, I started out painting and customizing and whatnot, but I am a sculptor. So I see myself moving into bronzes, uh, Mm -hmm. moving into, I'll stick with, you know, I'm going to keep doing resins, uh, but I see myself expanding into bronzes. And I really want to get back into clay body porcelain. And I want to hand build porcelain for porcelain one of a kind. I'll probably start with busts, and then as I become more and more crazy, I will hopefully get to full body pieces. Because uh, you have to be crazy. Work <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. You, you just have to. Porcelain is such a psychotic medium. You have to be crazy. <laughs> now, and I remember when you uh, you first started super clay bodying stuff, and like tr- people that have been doing it longer than you was like, I guess no one told her she wouldn't be able to do that because she just went and did it. <laughs> Nobody did. Nobody <laughs> did. So it's like, I, you know, I'm going to turn a reflective into a Shetland pony. Sure. Why not? Nobody said I could. <laughs> so I, and it worked. And <laughs> so I know, I know you've debuted your stretch and stretch too. Um, yeah. And I got you've got your Marwaris coming out soon. Is that correct? Yeah. yeah and I'll call, how the hell do you say their name? I'll call Teeks. I'll call Teeky. I'll call Teeky. That's what I say. Okay. I got those medallions coming out. I got Abigail coming out. I got Ink, Indy, Inky. Um, who are they? Explain who they are. Oh, um, Abigail is my English thoroughbred show hack mare. She's not a hunter. She's a show <laughs> hack mare. So many people are asking, well, when's your hunter mare coming out? She's a show hack. 
different um, people. <laughs> That's very different. <laughs> and then I've got uh, Inky, which is who is inspired from the Good, Bad, and the Ugly. Oh no movie. way! <laughs> yeah, do you remember Tuco when he's uh, riding that horse out, driving Blondie yes. into the desert to essentially kill him, Blondie, and he's riding that really cool black horse. Yeah. That's who Inky is inspired by because the horse has this like a two by four head. It's like a plank. It's it's there's like no depth of jowl at all. I always He's, wondered what he was. I he's a Tennessee walking horse because he's no. got that he's got that big gunga Tennessee walking horse head. It's like look, yeah. it's a parallelogram. <laughs> it is. It's so narrow. It's so narrow. It's like a up two by four it's the weirdest looking head ever i did some research nobody knows i can't find anywhere so i only he's in it it was they were italian movies and i believe that they were shot in either spain or italy so i'm thinking he might be a weird lusitano because sometimes they can have really weird narrow they they can have knifey heads yeah or a mergese mergese I don't know how you say that either. I'm not that's, I, that's close <laughs> enough. <laughs> so I, he might be one of those. So I don't know, but he's inspired by him because I wanted to sculpt that re- very strange head because I love eccentricities in horses. I'm not looking for perfect. I'm looking for eccentricities. And I'm working on Serenity, which is my sprunging Arabian mare. I've got, I've got so much, so many things. You do. Out. It's good to it's see not, you back in the groove. Oh, yeah. It feels good to be back in the groove. I lost six years. So, but I'm back, baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so great, though. I mean, this podcast that you two are doing, it's just another amazing innovation in the next. I wish we'd started earlier. Honestly. Yeah. We kind of yeah. kicked it around for way too long before we actually, the whole time, like almost as long as you were, you were down. Like oh five years God. every year prior fest we're gonna do a podcast we're gonna do a podcast and then maggie bit five like, years we talked about this get off your ass and do it then yeah and things happen in their own time things happen in their own time maybe they needed to percolate for that amount of time apparently so, it did, <laughs> did. I think I think just from my perspective and jackie can speak to her fears for it i didn't know if we were gonna have enough news I look at it now and think, oh, you know, sweet, that was sweet as you child. <laughs> and I was like, but we can talk about model horse stuff for literally hours. Just you yeah. and me. Yeah. You, know, you get yeah. other people yeah. in to bounce around with it. And it's like, there's endless things you can talk about. But you know, about. it's that nagging in your nagging voice in your head. Like you're going to run out of artists. There's not enough news. You know, nobody's going to listen. Blah, blah. Lies, Heather. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Josh. Oh, dear, now, dear and now we're and now we're at two years. So it's amazing. And now I mean, we're in and we're inspiring other uh other people to start their own podcasts, which I love. Which is yes. awesome. I mean, that is that is really, in my opinion, when you start inspiring other people to to do their own thing based on you know what you're doing, that is the flashpoint. That's the threshold. That's what you want to do. So you guys hit a huge milestone, which is that alone. So, congratulations on two years. Thank you. (laughs) That's awesome. All right. Uh, Any final thoughts, Sarah, before we wrap Um, this thing up? I guess so. I guess guess what it all boils down to is to to just value what you got. 
Be grateful for what you got. Value the effort and work that your fellows put into what they're doing, no matter what it is. Value what you're doing. Because trust me, as a vintage custom collector, I have pieces that are 30 plus years old. And the, the time, the artist that was doing it didn't think that piece was a big deal. It is. I can tell you it is. What you're doing now, even if you don't think it's that important or it's just another run of the mill, whatever it is you're doing, trust me, it is not. It is important. And it needs to be preserved in all the wonderfulness that it is intact, authentic, 100%, because the pieces of today are the vintages of tomorrow. It's our history. It's us. Mm -hmm. Value it. It's a wonderful thing. And if you don't want to value it, sell it. Don't update it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We want to thank Sarah for joining us. Um, uh, This has been super illuminating and fun. And um, we're, we're looking forward to seeing all, I'm especially looking forward to that little head turned drafty. No, Lovely. I don't know how he's going to be cast. He's got a lot of little pointy bits and he's in a twisty pose. And uh, <laughs> is, is, crying is, right is, now about is it. Barry still, is Barry still doing your casting work? Um, several people are now. So, cause I just have, Do you I rotate who so you torture. Much. No, I hit them all at once. <laughs> <laughs> they all get pelted. Pop, 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 pop. So, all yeah, right. Yeah, Anything all else, good. Jackie, from you? No, no, I think we're, I was great. All right. Awesome. Great conversation. Thanks for joining us, Sarah. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much, ladies. You guys have a great day. Oh, you too. <laughs> Love you. Bye-bye. That was super fun. That was super fun. I, did, was, did you, we, you hear we me pushing her for hours? I know. Did you hear me pushing it? Like we we're at an hour. We got we got to stop. stop. We got to stop, Sarah. Oh my God, Sarah. We love you, man. Oh my God, Sarah. She's I could talk fun. to you for hours. I have talked to you for hours, but yeah. But she's just you know she's such a pioneer. She really yeah. is, and uh, I think what she's saying is so valuable. Um. But do your research, people. Like, you yeah. shouldn't need Sarah Ming to tell you about what your responsibilities and rights are as an artist. Like, you know, I it blows my mind that people go out there and modify paint jobs and read, you know. And just, I, like, that's not okay. It's not okay. That's <laughs> not okay. And it's happened. Like, this is not a new thing. It's happened since the dawn of the hobby. Oh, yeah. As soon as people were doing their own stuff, people but well, I think this looked better as Pinto. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not going to change the artist's signing name. And, you know, do you know what kind of havoc that causes somebody's reputation if it's not up to snuff? Oh, yeah. Uh, mm. Or restoring vintage customs. Like, that's, you know, let uh, that's we all talk about that in that area. Yeah. So don't get me started again. <laughs> we just talked about it, Heather. I know. Sorry. I know. Sorry. Uh, so. We'll be back with Instagram in progress. Sarah says she was a spaz and wanted you to know the correct term for the Vera rights was attribution, not attrition. And that for clarity, she wanted you to know that for Vera protection, the piece either has to be a -a one-of-a-kind or a signed and numbered edition of under 200, including artist proofs.
Bears in Black. And we're back. We are back. Instagram. Instagram in progress. Ooh. Got some fun stuff. It's super fun. That's fun. I somehow missed this Thor doll. <laughs> I don't know how you missed this Thor doll. It's I don't amazing. know how I missed this Thor doll. So good. But it's great. And um, I love his hammer. The hammer's really good. This is all figurative on Instagram. Meg, yeah. uh, she, her, uh, hers. Uh, and she is modifying a uh, Marvel Legends Thor. And yes. This is so cool. I like the, the comment. Got rid of the stupid midriff window because it's stupid. <laughs> well, it is stupid. <laughs> Besides, when you're Thor, it's all about the biceps. True facts. Truth. Truth, True Mag. True facts. Truth power. But uh, it's, it's, I, that's going to be fun. Uh, I can't <laughs> wait to see it finished. Um, Anna Held is crazy. This week's edition. <gasps> is this the picture with the little tiny pad? Yeah. No, 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 no. This is her uh, working on, uh, she's doing uh, tooling. Oh my gosh. And she's got it sped up. So it's really cool to watch. Nice. That tool there's looks, more video, like, like there's more video in this section than anything, which I really love. <laughs> nice. Uh, but yeah, that's Anna being her usually crazy self. Oh, Anna. Uh, Blue Mountain Stable. Mm -hmm. Kristen Taylor is working on uh, one of Sarah Rose's sculpts from the Briar line. The little uh, the scratchy, scratchy fold. fold. Stable G made scratchy G2, fold. G2, right? No. I, G3, uh, these folds were like G3. Were they? Okay. Yeah. But she's doing a Leopard Appaloosa. Yes. Uh, really cute. Yeah. I love how she puts them on little sticky pads on spray tops like that's, that's something smart. i noticed about her work that's yeah. super smart so she doesn't super have smart. to hold a tail or a leg or anything she just holds yeah. this whole thing the, the, the base yeah it, it's right. easy to do here because it's so dry she's in Colorado springs oh yeah i don't know if that nice. works as well in more humid elevations maybe not lower elevations <laughs> now we have uh meredith uh meredith warren oh yeah with uh is this an oki rio or is this oki too uh, that's a Rio, I believe. That's Oki Rio. And she's uh, got him in a... Is this a Splash? It's like Splash, but... I thought that they... Splash was more like they were wading into water, so I'm not really sure. Yeah. But it's it's an interesting Pinto. Oh, bay, it's so cool. Bay base with a lot of white. The whites are really nice. Yes. That pink in the flank it's and on the face. It's very flashy. Yeah. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah. That's a commission. So... So too bad. So too bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Celtic Knot Creations. Oh, Godspeed. Doing a hair by hair Bayron. Hair by hair Bayron. Mm -hmm. Holly Connor, who I think we've talked about before. Yeah, we She's have. She's also going to go on the bananas list because look at the hair work that's going into this. Yeah. It's going to be nice when it's done, though. Oh, it's going to be beautiful. It's going to be amazing. I'm not sure of the sculpture. Who's checks? It says checks getting done with this. Yeah, second I'm not sure. I'm not. I feel like I've probably. I mean, seen he reminds this. me of Rimfire, but I'm not sure. He's not Rimfire. His head no. is too low for that. But I'm. I'm. I'm not sure where this piece is from. Yeah. So let us know, Holly. Yeah. Or the sculptor. Uh. Do do do. 
Going on to fun photos. Oh, fun and interesting photos. Uh, so Metal Fish Art, who does amazing work, Ella Zarzeka. This is just, I think this is a great picture. This is her sitting in her studio, just hand painting something. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's just the her intensity and kind of, I mean, it's probably a setup shoot, but it's just such yeah. a neat kind of picture studio shot right of an yeah. artist at work it's not overly composed like you see all the ones that and i know my friends are going to feel called out where they're sitting there smiling at the camera with a brush like hey i'm painting this horse right <laughs> and and it has to be because you want to see their faces as an artist right. but but yeah this is really this is a great shot yeah it is uh, i think the lighting's really great too like it's a yeah. little moody so yeah uh, Maple Leaf Studios with a really nice uh, model horse photo. In um, these are like two horses silhouetted. One horse is being ridden, and the other one's being ponied. Yep. And it's just I, it's, oh no, it's very pretty. It's very pretty. It's very mood. Mm. Mood is a good it's way. Like to put the, it. The, yeah, the sun's going down. She's looking back at the ponied horse. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's super cool. It's shot very well, and I love mm -hmm. it. Agreed. Uh, <laughs> the next oh, shot. The next shot is not even a model horse shot. It's a hobbyist on her moody mare, mare uh, Meredith Conrad, uh, trying to work it out with her mare Breeze, and Breeze is not having it. <laughs> what, what I think is the most the funniest part of this, this picture is the only part of this horse that's in focus is the leg that's planted on the ground. <laughs> that cracks me up. I don't know why. So Mayor said she was trying to to, <laughs> to get her horse to take the right lead, and and her horse was like, "Nope, nope, <laughs> not in the mood today." So sorry. Uh, I don't know if that's um, Breeze's injury leg, but boy, th uh, this is just a still shot, I think, from the video. And yeah. Breeze gave her a huge hard time, and props to like she is a she is an equestrian because she's stuck through all of Breeze's shenanigans and was like, no, you're going to free encounter on your right lead. Biatch. <laughs> but like, look at those pins She's such a mare. Like, it's like, I don't want to do this. Uh, break the old studios, Joe heaps. Yes. Babies. So, uh, they, um, uh, have a short video of pulling out some 3d printed foals that they are selling the Costellos. Yes. Um, and the video shows them pulling it out of the printer and holding them up like little popsicles. <laughs> it's really cool. It's fun. I, I look at it and I'm like, ah, that's gotta be a pain in the ass to clean, but you know, that's, that's the future. Yeah, that's that's how it is. Yeah. I mean, and I mean, with resin, you got those sprues, but you got one gigantic one, which I can't imagine is any easier. No, I gotcha. Yeah. Mm. It's super neat video, though. Check yeah. it out. Link on the That's blog. Cool. And then finally, finally, Anfield taking Anfield. up field taking up the church of church of diversity. Ermagerd, Nurnkurds, and. I, I, I'm not sure if this this happened before the diversity show. I she started painting, uh, painting dolls to be people of color. Yes, 
Uh, I think the only person that has done that before is Carrie Ann. Oh, uh, yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's such a great move. Uh, and Anne is, is working on making dolls that are more diverse and available to hobbyists. To, not only for setups where it's called for, but to just have more just diversity in and what's, what's available, right? Yeah. Like, we can't all be, you know, white girls with blonde hair and buns, man. Jeez. Who needs Unless you're at Devon, but you know. Ooh, did I say well, that? Ooh, you said that out <laughs> loud, Heather. Wow. <laughs> I know. I anyway. get. I get frustrated with the the status quo in equestrian. Oh, I I do too. Mm. All right, it's time to close the show. Oh my gosh. Uh, plug for sponsors and shoutouts. Well, uh, sponsorships are sold out. For mm-hmm. Briarfest, we have ad space. Um, I don't okay. think I've been clear about that. So we can do 30 second, 60 second, 15 second ads for you. Uh, we have three shows to go. Uh, mm-hmm. So let us know. Um, we're, re- we're recording show three right now, but I still have to get down the sponsors ads. So okay. uh, you could probably squeak in at the last minute. Otherwise, yeah. we have the Stone Collectability Show and we have the preview of Briarfest show coming yeah. up. Excellent. You know what we haven't seen? What? Auction models. I know. I've thought about that today. Where are the auction models? They would have started those already. Yeah. Oh, they're going to be stinky and delete. They, like, show them. They're going to be stinky. I don't know what the point is of being stinky. You still have to, like, strategize about what you want. Yeah, but you know, back in the day, you didn't necessarily you didn't necessarily know it was being auctioned until the auction. Mm. Yeah, but speculation for the next before, episode. So I'm not I'm not sure what the strategy is there, like you said. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, youth mentoring, mentee volunteers. Yeah. Um, need them if you if you got a mentee mentor relationship, let us know how it's going. Yep. Um, Grace and I have done three two weeks in a row. Nice. How's yeah. Grace? How's Grace finding you? I I think we have a good. We have a good. We get on the phone like an hour once a week, which uh, we're gonna do this week. Is uh, I'm gonna dry run my kid show stuff with her. Oh, cool! Because I gotta figure. I gotta figure out like. I gotta figure out what I'm doing with the the camera and stuff because I got my plan is to have setups around the house, so I have to move. Um, so I gotta like block that before it happens. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm just going to take attach the camera to my tripod so I can put it down and stuff too. So, so that's what we're going to do. We're going to figure that out. I think there's a motion tracker you can buy, but I'm not really sure. It how is it works. too late for that nonsense. And it's, I got to pick physically, pick it up and move to other spots in the house. Like I, uh, I don't gotcha. have, you know, I can put one set up in the kitchen. I can put one in the living room, but you know, so it's got to travel. Got it. Yeah. Next show is stone collectability. Um, yeah with the uh, chunk and chesna and after that is Briarfest preview show with road Briarfest rachel alford which is I'm gonna looking, be super fun because she's gonna sit to in she's gonna be a third co-host she's gonna sit in for the whole episode nice so, that will be fun that will be fun i look forward to that and then finally <laughs> do we want to do this yeah, let's do it. Okay. So finally, we're, we're plugging the Nevers cast, which uh, the, the last Nevers, one we're recording this one. weekend. Uh, yeah. And then we're putting it to bed. We're putting it to bed because we can't handle the heat, man. We have to yeah, get out basically. of the kitchen. Like there's sometimes you just got to say. Just got to say, you know what? 
A weekly TV show podcast is a lot of a commitment, and we can't make it before the TV show's even been on. No, and we've kind of, uh, we found, uh, we were talking about Matt earlier, and we kind of found a, a podcast we could latch on to. Yeah, well, we could just sponge on and just, <laughs> We'll just know. sponge off them. <laughs> they're they're doing it better than they're, we are. I, they, I, well, yeah, for the most part. Um, so, we're going over there. Yeah, and it's fine. And it's fine. It's uh, fine. Never's Cast will be no more. Although the site will be open, like just to sit on the name to yeah. to and direct traffic to that one. But oh, check yeah. it out; it's going to be fun. We're going to be talking about Cabin in the Woods, and two mm-hmm. of the hosts from uh, the Never's Podcast will be there to to welcome us on board to their podcast and bid us bon voyage. So nice. that'll be fun. It'll be fun. Yay! That's it. Yeah. Oh, Thanks Heather. again to Anfield for sponsoring. Yes. Thank you, man. Uh, and we will see you next time. Bye. 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 Thanks to Anne Field and Field of Dolls for sponsoring this episode of Mares in Black. Don't forget to join Anne on Facebook for a live sale on July 5th. Go to Field of Dolls on Facebook for more details. Mares in Black podcast, created and hosted by Heather Malone and Jackie Rossi. Written by Heather Malone. Produced by Heather Malone, Jackie Rossi, and Joshua Wessner. Edited by Joshua Wessner, engineered at Two Ton Studios. Fulfillment Enforcer, Jackie Rossi.